We're here. We're here against all odds. (laughs) Well, nevertheless, she persisted. Happy for this check-in. We'll hear you next week. (laughs) Uh, Bye-bye. (laughs) Bye-bye. The miniest of minisodes. Oh, my God. I, girl... I used to have, and they, someone else has probably done this because, you know, collective unconscious and shit. I used to have this idea that I thought was brilliant, and it would require so much money for so little benefit. But <laughs> so many ideas like that. To hit, me, hit me. Yes! It was recreate the, the biggest blockbusters with zero conflict whatsoever. <laughs> so, like... So, like, I remember at the time that I came up with this, iRobot was out in theaters. Uh And I forget what the robots actually do. I guess they come to life, like, a la Skynet or something. Mm -hmm. And I only knew this from the trailer. And so I was like, so what if the movie was just Will Smith coming to this, like, tech compound and being like, I'm pretty sure your robots are evil. And some dude checks him and is like, no, everything's gravy. And Will Smith is like, all right, cool. And then credits. That ad nauseum apply as needed to everything. I love it. I feel like you could get Will Smith to do that in a cameo if you really wanted to. Oh my god, I could. (laughs) I wonder how much Will... mm, Do not tempt me to get a cameo of Will Smith. I want it. That seems expensive or highly unlikely. I already want it. Let me fucking tell you. Okay, so y'all, you probably remember around this time last year... Uh, because our husbands have uh, our birthday neighbors. Uh, Lillian and I were looking for unique gifts to get them during lockdown. We were looking at Cameo quite a bit and sending each other profiles back and forth. And I ended up getting Latrice Royale for Andrew. Which one did you end up getting done? Oh, uh, it was a guy from Kids in the Hall. Oh, yes! Yes, yes! It was Kevin, Kevin McDonald. Kids yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes! Right, 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 right. And it was, <laughs> that it was, was crazy. super bizarre and stream of consciousness and possibly drug addled. I don't want to say yeah, that. Yeah, it was amazing. Coffee addled, I'll say. Coffee addled, yes. Um, uh, and mine was Latrice Royale, and it was magnificent. But the, my favorite one that I found was iced tea. That man will do anything. <laughs> Our 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 favorite thing that he does in his oeuvre is the like the car shield ads. Have you even seen those? You don't have normal TV, so no. You're not, you're not at ads. I don't have normal TV. So he's like, I'm Ice T, and I have all of these fancy vintage cars. And sometimes your insurance doesn't cover all the stuff that you need, and you should get this extra car shield like some kind of a racket it's it's extra insurance it's extra car insurance for repairs um and but my favorite thing is he's like and when that check engine light comes on it's game over and and then it it freezes on his face and then the words game over like drop down (gasps) and they sort of bounce and you hear wicky 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 and it's like a record record scratch shut the fuck up god Yes! And then, alternately, there's another Carfax ad that's all white people. <laughs> sure. Yes. Just so you can have some variety. So this, this Fuck Buddies, is the iced tea cameo video. It's so fucking good. 
Hey, yo, check this out. This is Ice-T representing on this new situation called Cameo, okay? So what you do is you get at me, you book me, and I send a shout-out to one of your good friends, or I tell one of your enemies you don't give a fuck about them, because you know I don't give a fuck. It's going to be very interesting to see how this goes down. So book me. I'll handle your business for you on Cameo. Let's make it do what it do. Oh, my fuck. I want Ice-T to handle all my business. Oh. Let me tell you. Oh, my God. That's so wonderful. That's so wonderful. <laughs> that's so wonderful. Get, get my Cameo to tell your haters that you don't give a fuck. Do you have any idea what I would do with that kind of expendable income? <laughs> <laughs> Ice disposable income. <laughs> Oh God, I love it. I love it. And still I still have I still right this very moment I have Gilbert Gottfried reading the lyrics to Pussy yes. Control on my desktop and I, I open it every so often when I need it. It's good to Which have Which I presume is by. frequently. <laughs> oh my god. Mm. So good. Hey, by the way, theater friends, um uh very unrelated, but you'll love it. So, okay. My mortified producer, Siobhan. Mm-hmm. Um, ha- is from a large Irish family, and I did a mortified show with her sister Sheila, who is just as delightful as Siobhan is, and Sheila's piece was so fucking good. And she and I started following each other on social media, and I didn't know this, but she's like a film theater art critic. Cool. In the best, most beautiful way. Like, her writing is incredible. Her insight is spot the fuck on. I love, love reading her pieces on... I want to say she has been a contributor to Roger Ebert for a bunch of her career. And, like, Slate and shit. Anyway, a piece that she re posted today was something that she wrote after Nata- uh, Natasha Richardson died in t- 2009 oh. and it was this retrospective on Natasha Richardson specifically her performance in Cabaret when it was on Broadway in 98 No shit okay Mhm mm-hmm. which I remember hearing was fucking incredible wanted to go Wow of course did not go because I was 14. Sure. <laughs> and no one was going to take me to see Cabaret in the city, <laughs> starring Alan Cumming and Natasha Richardson. But I digress. Um, she writes – oh, God. It's, it's so good. And it talks about how brilliant Natasha Richardson is because Liza Minnelli's performance of Sally Bowles is so untoppable in the way that Liza is untoppable. Right. In this sort of man, manic, I'm a star right. way. Yeah. Right? But the way that it's really written, the show is really written, Sally Bowles is not a star. She's a sex worker and uh and and she's strung out on drugs yes. and she just kind of like stumbled her way from England to fucking Berlin. Yeah, she's self-aggrandized. If anything, yes, but yeah, but for not for sure, yeah. right? She's just there, and so Natasha Richardson plays her as this like fucking dystopian woman who's just spinning out of control, as opposed to you know the tragic story of like this starlet that just got stuck right in a in a, a grubby situation. No, this is somewhere that Sally was like quote unquote meant to be mm. that she can never escape not even if 
her luck comes together. And... And Sheila talks about these performances that Natasha Richardson gave specifically with Maybe This Time and the f- and the performance of the song Cabaret. Mm-hmm. And you can find them on YouTube. Nice. From someone's fucking handheld camcorder uh-huh. VHS. They're so good. Right on. They're so disturbing. Love it. I mean, like, she looks so fucking strung out at her wits end, like, just scrabbling through. It's the antithesis of what we're always told Sally Bowles is and what I think a lot of people try to play her as. Um, And and really is just this, like, uh, wraith of a woman Uh who's, like, trying desperately to cling on to the illusion for a little longer. It's so good. Cool. So good. Um, if you, if you search Slate Natasha Richardson Cabaret, um, or alternatively go to YouTube and search Natasha Richardson Cabaret, you will find these performances and they're so fucking good. I don't know what brought me there, but that's where my brain was. Your friend is a critic. Someone you know is a... But there was something that you said before that that made me think of it. Cameo. I don't know. Cameos. That must have been it. (laughs) Twitter. Iced tea brought me to Natasha. (laughs) Duh. But that's my recommendation for today. It's a little early on. I love it. That's definitely it. it. When I first moved, I moved up here in the fall of 2000 and um, Cabaret ran forever. But at the time, I I don't know if they still do this anymore, but... um, Anything at Studio 54, and then there were a couple of other locations. So I don't know if it was the production company group, like, you know, like the, the Nederlander group or whatever. Who yeah. I don't know if it's the group or if it was just Studio 54. Um, but you could volunteer as an usher and see it for free. Now, how they were able to do this, I don't know, because IATSE's pretty locked down on, like, the usher union situation. But... Um, I guess it was just extra people. Maybe it's because the, it's such a weird venue. Regardless, I saw it twice like that. And one was, I think I've told you the story with Leah Thompson. No. Yeah. As as Sally Bowles. And she was like, you forgot that it was her. I, I, I definitely know who Leah Thompson is. And I, I used to watch, um, uh, Caroline in the City, and of course Howard the Duck, but like, <laughs> Back to the future. Um, but she was just a wonderful, a wonderful actress. Um, and afterwards, we were one of the things that you had to do was like pick up all the playbills and like go through the seats and stuff. <clears throat> there was this cute little lady standing there, and I was like, "Hey, do you need help finding something?" And she was like, "Oh no, I was I was Leah Thompson's." Um, elementary school teacher, like her third grade teacher, and I haven't seen her in a long time. And she invited me to come, and I'm so proud of her. And I can't believe this. She invited her. Yeah, she was. She was oh, so excited. So then, Fuck. all of a sudden, Leah Thompson just pops up behind her, and I got Aww. for I got to witness this beautiful thing that I had no right to be seeing. Like there was no, right. nobody invited yes. me to this party, <laughs> um, but Leah Thompson was also really really lovely. But it was back before we had cameras with us all the time. So, oh, and I wasn't course. an autograph person. I so I was just happy to be like, hey, also, she's teeny weeny. She's a tiny, she's a short little. I had a feeling she was a tiny little sprite person. of a, a person. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Parkinson! Yeah, and to my credit, I wasn't like, oh my God, I thought that was going to be merely adequate, but it was fantastic. No, I just I just said, Huzzah. I just said, you were really great. And I really liked how you interpreted Yay. that. And she was really, she was like, she thought it was sweet. That's my cabaret story. Lovely. I hope one day I love that iced tea story. Uh, that would make my heart. Oh, my God. Yes. I want him to handle all my business for me. I know. Hey, by the way, speaking of Broadway, yeah. speaking of Broadway, couple incredible things I want to talk about. The first mm-hmm. is Enraging, and it is a piece released by the New York Times that was edited after people freaked the fuck out. But initially, Uh-oh. it talked about... The, the headline was something like, Broadway will be back in September, but it's not why you think. Mm-hmm. And then in the first couple, like, slug lines of the article, I might be misusing that term. I don't. In first, I'm into it. In the, in the first couple lines of, uh, of the article, um, uh, it talks about, uh, it's like, uh, everyone's readjusting to normal life. Children are going back to school. Actors have put on weight. And, of course, everybody lost their fucking collective minds. Uh-huh. Because how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? So wait, how dare you were they saying that's why it was going to take a longer time for Broadway to come back was because they have to make everybody skinny again? Is that what that, the implication was? Yes. That was a thousand percent. Oh my god! Now I have to tell you, there are people who are out there right now who are like, people don't understand those costumes already exist, and we can't afford to make all new costumes. There are plenty of people who think that that is a legitimate excuse to shame or fire people. Let us tell you, as two resident fats. We buy lots of clothing that fits us at an array of sizes. Yes, that's true. (laughs) Spoiler alert, not everything has to be pin-tucked to you in fucking muslin. Right. (laughs) Right. Immobile. There are all kinds of fabrics that will move and change with your fucking body. And you would think that that would be what they would reach for on Broadway in the first place, because they're more durable. Budget. Unless we're talking about burlap. (laughs) We're also not talking about motherfucking Sweeney Todd, at least not exclusively. Like, hello, we're talking about Dear Evan Hansen. That's fucking hoodies. Oh, <laughs> okay. It's hoodies I see and yoga where you're pants. going. Shut I was your like, face. Are we talking about the color palette for Sweeney Todd, or oh no, you meant historically accurate? Okay. I yeah, understand. yeah, yeah. I like get it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't. Yeah, like uh, like fucking. Fucking Hoodies. sailboat canvas. Yeah. That's all that they make for Sweeney Todd. But yeah. <laughs> but what about all of these contemporary pieces that are like fucking street clothing? Yeah. I'm not saying wardrobe designers and costume designers don't have incredibly wonderful, complex jobs. They do. However, your piece can accommodate a number of bodies. Well, and it would make more sense, too. I don't know all the ins and outs, so maybe things are a little bit more uh, flexible than I think. But But at the same time... Um, well, you remember also we you're were talking about the hairspray calls. Those, those, uh, ah, yes, yeah. So, yes, people are going to your need feet change. And- we were talking about the hairspray calls and how uh, adamant they were that you could only be 5'3 and that was it, right? Or like 5'3 or below. Mm-hmm. And I was 5'3 and three quarters, and because I said it, they 
let me in as like a kindness. Okay. But like, no, you're you're that costume is not going to hinge upon Oh, that wasn't the costume. And, the the Tracy thing was because she was supposed to be a teenager. It was the same oh, Yeah, it fair. was the same bullshit as Annie. Where the kids have to be short because the adults like well and Annie the adults have to be super tall. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And Tracy oh, since, God. you know, her whole Tracy's always been played by somebody who was nowhere near a sixteen year old. <laughs> mm. Yeah. At least that is that is how I understood it explained to yes, me from this is very multiple true. people. There is an article that I'm – it's a journal article. It's an academic journal article that I'm going to send you because you love I academic do. journal articles. I love the nerd stuff. So this is something that I found uh, down a Twitter rabbit hole. Ryan Donovan, uh, Donovan published this in American drama, uh, the Journal of American Drama and Theater. Cool. Um, and the, the article's title is Must Be Heavyset. Casting Women, Fat Stigma, and Broadway Bodies. Ooh, gimme. It's so fucking good. Yeah. It is so, so, so good. Uh, I just wanted to give a quick shout out. I don't think that she listens, but um, this gal, Siobhan, who has recently come into my life and is an j- absolute joy and a wonderful costumer, um, was able to tweak my Catherine Delish robe to uh, allow for my ample upper arms. Yes, um, girl, that's great. And not only do I have it back and it looks great, but also uh, a sash from a dress that you gave me oh. is the exact color and it's satin Perfect. and it works better than the sash that it came with. Is it from the Mi- Mi- Miami Eliza yes, Parker dress? Sure. Yep. Bitch, girl, mm-hmm. yes, great. Yep. Love that. Yep, yep, yep. So good. So that's going to live on for sure. Um, amazing. Ryan Donovan uh, has his PhD in theater and performance from the Graduate Center of City University of New York, CUNY. His research on casting and identity examines the inclusion of stigmatized and non-normative bodies in contemporary Broadway musicals. Overdue. Thank you, Dr. Donovan. Ryan is the co-editor of the forthcoming Rutledge Companion to Musical Theater and the special issue of Studies in Musical Theater on Dance and Musical Theater. Um, he did a bunch of interviews, and he has a friggin' book coming out um, called Broadway Bodies Recasting Difference in Contemporary Musicals. Wow. Right on. Very, very, very excited about this. This article is so excellent, and actually it delves – it talks about how there are zero fat – feminine bodies that star in musicals other than Hairspray and Dreamgirls. And there was like mm. a fucking 30-year gap in between when they <laughs> premiered Dreamgirls on Broadway uh-huh. and premiering Hairspray right. on Broadway. And also like the kind of shit that they would do to their Tracys because Tracy is actually is a dance lead. Yep. Which is atypical for a musical. And so... Doing eight shows a week, it was natural for whoever was playing Tracy to get thinner. And they, they and so they'd be doing, not only did they pad, they also like force fed. <gasps> so talk about not prioritizing what? health. Because like <laughs> fucking Marissa, J- uh-huh. 
Marissa Jarrett Winoker would get off that stage and they would hand her like milkshakes, which is one thing if you're like, hey, I feel like a milkshake. It's another thing to be force fed. That's insane. 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 So bad. Oh my God. And they would have weigh ins all the time. The Tracys couldn't get bigger or smaller, although, given the dance lead and the intensive uh, investment that that was, they weren't as likely to put on weight. But still, still, it was mind boggling. Mind, yeah, it's such a it's such a good insightful article, and it talks about how like, as we know, like fat men don't have nearly the same issues being cast, no, um, like ever, no. Um, but how really like the 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 girls who played Tracy who starred on Broadway would just hit the ceiling, and then nothing else would happen. Like Marissa Jarrett Winoker has gone on to. Be a weight loss enthusiast and do shit like Dancing with the Stars and dance your ass off and all of this like other really horrible, upsetting shit. Um, but yeah, I found well, this who article. Who was the young one who I really liked? Carly. No, Carly Jib. Is that her name? Gibson. Carly Gibson. Uh, I think. Uh, I'm gonna quickly Carly Google Ray because Jepson. I'm. No, no, no. Carly Gibson. Yeah. Carly Who I saw Gibson. originally in um, yes. Bat Boy. Yes, 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 yes. Squelt her dang face off. She bought into weight loss hype for sure. Oh, this for one too. For sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's absolutely. no. Uh, I think. I forget who it was. It might have been Mean Fat Girl on um, Twitter. But someone was recently. <laughs> I don't follow that person. That's exciting. They're great. Um, (laughs) uh, Just about how like celebrities. Oh, it had something to do with Rebel Wilson, but that celebrities, you know, don't owe us a certain kind of body, no matter who they are, and they like, and they don't owe us activism. And I understand all of that, Um, but again, it does make me sad because uh, rarely does anybody start out as a notable fat actress and lose weight and become anything but a has-been notable fat actress. And yes, absolutely. Terrible. Like, absolutely. what did you win? What did you win? Have we even heard anything from Adele? Like, the shit. Nothing. What the hell? Anyway, Nothing. whatever. It's awful. Uh, yeah, no, that's absolutely true. They don't owe us anything. They owe themselves their their bodily autonomy, and that's absolutely true it's also true that we are allowed to be upset that there is little to no representation at all out there so anyway wow i didn't realize how many things i had to be mad about but so many is the answer uh but uh jean-luc russo uh specifically writes about um fat bodies in fashion and entertainment um, he's also writing something called The Power of Plus. He's a columnist for for Nylon, and he's pitching a piece that's specifically about uh, fat phobia and weight bias in theater and on Broadway. So I was tagged. Dr. Donovan was tagged. I tagged a bunch of my other Broadway fat girlfriends um, and playwrights, and I am very excited to see how that may um play out because I often am quoted as saying 
that theater is like one of the most um, one of the last and most stubborn holdouts of size erasure. Yeah. Like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, you can do children's theater. Yeah, of course. You're dressed up like sure a bear you can. or some shit. A bear or a toadstool or, or like, Charlotte fuck you. or Sh- Charlotte. Uh, of course, Wilbur's a boy though. Lest so we forget, he, pigs can be boys. Wait, <laughs> pigs, fat pigs can be. I don't know where. It, but allowed to be what? fat women are robbed of their femininity, so we can also play boys because, of course, we can. Oh, so yeah, that's that a great too. point. There's probably been plenty of of uh, female Wilbur's in the theater works i'm certain (laughs) fuck that go around the goddamn country in a panel van get the fuck out of here what a shitty way to get your equity card listen i got mine at jekyll and hyde so i can't say anything. they're about equal they're about equivalent theater no girl no no i would much rather have gotten it through Jekyll and Hyde. Not only, you don't have to. <laughs> no, you yes. you can go home and sleep in your own bed every night. Fair. You have to walk around, Fair. and it was a real pain in the butt. And it was probably t- like I almost like did permanent damage to my vocal cords. But oh, at least I got no. to sleep in my own house, and I didn't didn't yes. require a, 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 a driver's license. <laughs> you probably yeah. got tips. I, didn't I have presume to, they would not let us take tips. Sure, because mm-hmm. you're not servers your performance but it never occurred to anybody anyway because the menu said that there was an entertainment fee and they assumed that we were all getting each three dollars from no <laughs> no <laughs> no mm-hmm. we got our 14 dollars an hour paycheck oh not terrible by the way showbiz. speaking of shitty jobs mm-hmm. uh not showbiz related uh while i'm only like two toes into what's currently going on what's, right now. What's happening with the rest of your foot? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I was going to say two fingers, but that was just too easy. <laughs> well, no, you dip your toes into things. I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I can't pull myself out of this, so here we are. Since... In my head, it was the pinky and the next to pinky toe. It wasn't even your big toe. It was like you were sideways footing your way into it. Just like sliding Ew. it just a little. <laughs> um, <laughs> since I have really not been aware of what's going on of late, I noticed that my Panera was closed. And I was like, oh, no. Uh-oh. Was there an outbreak? Or is it like fucking C. diff or what? And staffing issues. And I was like, oh. That makes sense. And th- are are you aware of this? What? Like, there is a giant hourly labor strike happening right now. Oh, no. That's just employees piecing the fuck, specifically wow. um, fast food establishments. No, I hadn't heard about this at all. That's amazing. Oh, this is a huge fucking thing. Huh. Like, employees are just leaving because there are staffing issues so who is working is being called upon overwhelmingly they're they're not observing breaks they're not upping pay they're not giving benefits and so now here are all of these young or otherwise like marginalized people disempowered people mm-hmm. who are working for like garbage pay mm-hmm. who are not protected who don't even get the breaks that they're due who have like 
an eight-hour shift turn into a 16-hour shift no, overnight. No, And it's still a fucking pandemic, and people are idiots when they come into and around the establishment. Fuck you. That's terrible. Not going to... I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Mm-hmm. This is happening. Uh, I feel pretty <laughs> certain that something similar is happening with Uber and Lyft because the... Uh, the the it feels like there's even fewer cars to be had now than there were even at the height of the contagious part up here. Um, I think I I joked with you that I thought I was like oh everybody got their stimulus and then they stopped driving for for Uber. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was downtown and granted it was late at night, but it cost me thirty bucks to get home in a car the other night for Whoa. a walk where if I felt safe walking, it would have taken me forty five minutes to walk. So that's like mile and a half, wow. two miles. Um, uh-huh. I have very short legs and I don't walk fast. So, um, <sighs> but yeah, like it is, it is really hard to get a car anywhere right now. And I wonder, wow. I wonder if that is part of it. But I don't know. Interesting. I mean, uh, same, obviously, same work conditions. Except you're not forced to be in a building around other people. Right. But just in a like tiny car around other people, <laughs> just in a tiny car, and of course, of course, the most loathsome of our population are like these entitled, you know, people just want to collect their unemployment and not have to do anything. You know what? When not doing anything is preferable to living a life where you feel productive and engaged, that's a pro- that shows you what the problem right. is. Work should be better than doing nothing. Right. Work should pay you more than you doing nothing. Right. And that's not the fault of unemployment. It's the fault of the job. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, I don't know. I'm I'm not going to say optimistic. I am hopeful that this does lead to true sweeping reform of the kind of employment situations that that are there for hourly workers that create real incentives because they give a single shit or at least mandated to give a shit via legislation for their employees well i guess we'll find out i i we i'm not see. very hopeful things are so bad right <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh crumbs. Yes. There was something. Oh crumbs. Oh crumbs. Uh I don't remember what I was gonna say. That's okay. Sorry, I've definitely been ranting. No, no, for a no, long you're fine. I love your rants. I'm totally into this energy here. Into it. <laughs> I've just been yelling. Can I tell you a gross story? Yes, always. Uh, I don't know how long the story is going to be, but if you are particularly grossed out by things or mouth things or doctor things, I would go ahead and um, fast forward a little bit. Tell me. <laughs> well, wait, let me say something glamorous oh. first. My first show last week was wonderful. It was well attended. Yes. Everyone was great. I feel like I saw some video of what I of my performance and I was like, I need to rehearse more. But I don't think anyone else felt that way. <laughs> Remind me what you ended, what song and act you ended up doing. What's oh, your new act? Um, it's nothing was new. Nothing is ready yet. But um, I did uh, everybody's girl from Steel Pier, which is uh, I'm not the gal who's ready for dating someone steady. I'm everybody's girl. 
on Sunday night it's Danny. On Monday, maybe Manny. It's just a slut song. It's a it's a solid hey. silly slut song that sits perfectly in my range. So nice. um I did that and then I have a Janelle Monet um make me feel. So I yes. did I did my act to that. I know that act. But really honestly, I was looking at myself and I was like, you have to remember how to walk in high heels. That was what, mm. like, I wore boots the, the the entire rest of the show. But when as soon as I put those heels on, I was like, Mama, baby, giraffe. Um, yes. But, okay, all right. Maybe that was super sexy. Hey, that's true. <laughs> if you're into that giraffe life. Look how unstable and technically being stable and unwobbly in heels is supposed to be part of the whole, The whole like, appeal. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Wounded fucking gazelle. Yep. Freaks. Mm. Such freaks. <laughs> Uh, okay, so now I'm about to tell a gross story. So ready. So, so am. This is about my oral surgery. Um, <laughs> when they did the bone graft, where once again, um, uh, bone powder from other people's bones, which I have been told is, is sanitized. There's no DNA left involved. Um, but yeah, they had to put all of this you know, and pack it into my jaw in such a way that this implant will take. <clears throat> because I certainly, I currently have a hole in my mouth. Well, I mean, I guess a mouth is a hole, but I have a tooth that's missing right now. So, uh, did you, it, have you had something done since you had your tooth extracted? No, no, this is all part of what happened. I had the tooth extracted and then they put the implant, the, the anchor in. Got it. So okay. I, I should be able to get the tooth by the end of June. So by the time I, like, go to the beach and stuff. But nobody, like, nobody's noticed it. And I, I, I still don't know. Can but, you whistle? Uh, I can, I can, I can whistle, whistle even better now. <laughs> no, um, uh, actually, yeah, I mean, that hasn't changed because that's mostly my front two teeth. But can I whistle out that hole? <laughs> I mean, I heard that real loud. So, yes. So, the answer is you're now a great whistler. So, um... They had to put in like a little piece of uh, like Teflon mesh, and I was looking. Yes. I I haven't been messing with it, but I just happened to notice something weird, and it's hard to see oh, it. God. It's hard to see it. I was like, "What okay. is this? What is this?" And I was like, "Oh no, is my gum receding?" Don't pull it. I was like, "What is this?" And I touched it, and I was like, "It doesn't feel. What is this? What's going on?" So thankfully, I was able to text. My periodontist, because he's in Hoboken, which isn't close, but it's, I mean, it's not far, but it's not close. Like, it, right, a round right. trip, it would take me an hour to get there and back. I can't just, like, j- jog next door and be like, how are we doing here? Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is, like, the busiest three days of my life since before the before. Uh, Indeed. And um, <laughs> uh, I was like, what is happening? Is my gum receding? Is my tooth growing another tooth? Like, what? <laughs> I didn't know that could happen, but it looks like anything you've, can happen. You've got a little grand tooth. I'm an overachiever. Like when you cut open a bell pepper and there's another tiny little pepper baby in there. Love that. Love that. Oh. It's like puppy surprise. Puppy surprise. What a weird toy. Oh, Pound puppies did that too. There were yeah, ones with a zipper. that's right. They puppy had a... surprise. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Um, mm, <laughs> Kel surprise. So... Um, as I was texting, I was like, blah, blah, blah. And they said, can you take a, a picture of it? And I did. And then I was like, here's a video because I don't know if you can see what I'm looking at with the picture. And then the second I took the video, I was like, oh, my God. 
it's the mesh. Like I have to go in and have it taken out anyway, but it's already on its way out. I, my, my body is healing so well that it is oh, good. ejecting like dissolving this foreign <laughs> object. Oh, no. So he goes, he goes, you still need to come in to have me take it out unless, unless you can remove it yourself. And I was like, oh, fuck. What oh, do fuck. you mean? And he said, see if you can tease it out. And I was like, maybe I should do that on stage tomorrow. <laughs> what do they call gross burlesque? Like goth burlesque? Gore. Gorlesque. Gore. Gorlesque. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what you're going to mm-hmm. find. You thought you were going to get sexy with it, but you're taking a whole no. fucking 180. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys like oral? Buckle up. <laughs> I will also make business cards for you. Oh, anyway. Uh, so you've been you've been teasing it. I'm n- no. I ha- we went out to dinner last night. Yesterday was Don's birthday. I wasn't gonna try to do some self fucking dentistry when I had a, a beautiful dinner waiting for me. I was like, no, thank you. Don, how would you like to spend your birthday <laughs> dialing nine one and waiting? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. So, so anyway, good. I might, I'll give it a shot tonight. I'll let you know how it works out. Welp. Mm, Welp. I can't wait for those texts. <laughs> I do feel like I should record it. Yes, please. Hey, speaking of which, mm-hmm. I'm Jen Ponson. I'm Lillian Bustle. <laughs> and this 40 minutes in is all the fun. It is. A, <laughs> a podcast about... Uh, the allegory of ripping out your own dental mesh. <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been there. And really, it should be in the hands of someone far more capable. More there you are. Yes. I'm, I'm a theater major. There you are. You are just you're breaking a sweat trying to navigate the increasingly uh, stressful waters of... Friend breakups and mortifying uh, scenarios mm. and putting your feet in your mouth mm. at, at or just putting two toes in your speed. mouth, just two toes, <laughs> or putting your toes in someone else's mouth. Oh, hey, whatever you're into, my God, make sure they pay up front. <laughs> Get the money first. <laughs> Secure the bag. <laughs> Are we going to play the game? Yes. Yes, <laughs> please. Yes. Okay. Uh, fuck buddies. We're going to play I Can't Believe I Did That. Speaking of my mortifying friends, uh, the game that gives you points for sharing awkward, awesome, and unforgettable memories. It's a game released by my friends at Mortified. And it's just, it's prompt cards and memory cards. Okay. So here we go all right the prompt a moment when your pranks rivaled bart simpson's oh in regards Uh uh-huh to the arts Mm -hmm. or anything having to do with a car great so this is not a prank so much as revenge but it still qualifies 
Um, <clears throat> there was this girl who I was very good friends with all through um, uh, all through middle school and then into high school. And I don't know what happened, <clears throat> but it was fueled by her parents. She didn't get a role that she wanted in the school musical. And suddenly... Uh, anyone who was still friends with the girl who did get the role was like persona non grata. And while I did not know that girl very well, we sang in choir together and she was nice and she was great. And my friend sang fine. Like I didn't get the part I wanted. I was sad. Uh, they like, Mm -hmm. like launched a full on campaign to try to fuck this girl up. Oh shit. Like her parents. Anyway, uh... I got so, what did she say? What did she say? Something like she's going to pay. Like it was, it was, we were alone in the, in the auditorium, which was not unusual. After school, nothing was locked. You could just wander around. So we were in the middle of the stage because we liked the theater and we liked to hang out there. And she was like, this, she's going to pay. And everyone, and my mother's making me this costume for my she had like these two little walk-on roles where she then like introduced it was a play within a play kind of thing so she introduced the other girl who got the role whoa and her mom made her these elaborate like mega beaded gowns um which was not inappropriate for her but she did it to outshine the other girl um and i can't say that it worked um but what was it? It was something. So after that whole like fucking glorious Swanson-esque ridiculous <gasps> breakdown in the middle of the theater. Lord. Um. Then her family was like weird and mad at me for not supporting my friend in her crazy campaign. And they were weird to me at church. <clears throat> so I took some of her costume pieces and we had a a prop closet that was um unnavigable it wasn't huge the whole thing was probably about the size of this room like maybe 10 mm-hmm. by 10 of course. and it was weird things like 15 matching light blue tuxedos with ruffled shirts that someone bought for oh, something 18 years ago or just things that people had donated <clears throat> And I Mm. chucked her shit to the back of that. (laughs) Nice. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. I did that once. And then she went around telling everybody that something got stolen. And her stuff was found eventually. And it wasn't – I didn't ruin anything. But I was definitely like, you suck. This is where your shit needs to live now. I'm going to tell you this just because I can't not. Mm -hmm. There – one of my last years at Girl Scout camp – I, I had always had a really difficult time at camp because nobody liked me except Brittany, which, because I had Brittany, ended up being fine. Um, but my final year at camp, I want to say I was 15 and everybody else was like, I was the eldest and I was very much over it. And Brittany and I did this um, long, like, two-week camping trip, maybe that went up to Maine. And... Uh, we, we were in this small group for the Girl Scout camp unit with a really bitchy girl who was younger than me. I think her name was Monica. Mm. And she was just, she was such a twat. (laughs) 
She was such a twat. And she was just so unpleasant and like a gnat. And I remember um, she was like trying to pick on me, but I was old enough and aware enough that she was just annoying that I could mostly shrug it off. However, I did happen upon her makeup bag, which she was attached to at the hip. And I may or may not have unzipped it and dumped it all in the woods. (laughs) And uh, let her go for the rest of the trip without her fucking concealer. Yeah. <laughs> of course, we were children. It wasn't the, you know, agonizing makeup breakup that would be if you were a Sephora makeup breakup. A customer. Cheese. Mm-hmm. Cheese um, and crackers. That's great. Yes. I also... Let me see here. I used to have good uh, ideas I, for pranks, and then I never really went through with them. Yeah, you and I were very good, all things considered. I did. I will say, uh-huh. uh huh. I drew an extra card here for birthday. So the one, I mean, it's not really a prank, but it was very good. When I first started dating Andrew, Andrew didn't really know who Fern was. Oh, <laughs> Fern, <laughs> fuck buddies, my aging Boca Raton residing Jewish great aunt who is my alter ego. And uh, Fern, all of my hometown friends wanted Fern to make an appearance at my 21st birthday. And I was like, guys, my new boyfriend is here. I'm not sure this is going to go over super well. And they were like, no bring fern out and andrew's like who the fuck is oh so the whole party goes on all day long until it's nighttime and i'm like excuse me while i go to the bathroom and i go become fern and i come back out and andrew's like what the fuck is this and i'm like this is fern and i proceed to hit on him for like two very uncomfortable hours until i just until he's like please come back as you and i was like yeah right Oh, God, I love that. I love that. Oh, so good. So good, awful. So good, awful. Okay. Oh, okay. A moment when you were painfully shy having to do with the car or the arts or a birthday. Painfully shy car arts birthday. I have very little painfully shy moments at all that weren't when I was just very young. Mm. Hmm. I don't know. Do you have something? Mm. I mean, I would. I would just say. Uh, I was. I. I was. <laughs> In in cars with boys growing up were some of the most agonizing moments. Huh. My cars with boys never ended up the way your cars with boys did. <laughs> that was that was honestly where I shone. <laughs> I, truly, I know. And that's your that's your superpower. For me, I just I was like, oh, it feels like something really important and beautiful should happen. And then I just kind of sat there and and it was like it was like the apple rainbow was going around in a circle mm. on me. Like no, nothing could happen, and there were so many like perfect moments 
with several several boys whom I was interested in over the years and like just fucking nothing from the first guy I ever fell in love with and like the endless nights that I spent with him in his car to uh, the absolute weirdo that I had a crush on my senior year of high school for whom it absolutely should have worked out and I think he was into me but he never said anything Mm. to the kind of like our best all around guy who I ended up getting very close with uh, my junior year and somehow ended up in in his car with him frequently and just like completely short circuited. Oh no. Completely. And, but here's the thing. My shyness would then, it would like reroute. And I was like, oh my God, I could like be vulnerable. Uh, I could be vulnerable and be myself. LOL. Or I could put on a persona and be really like goofy and weird with you, which is exactly what fucking happened. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Which then got me, oh, Jen, you're so much fun. And I was like, God damn, that's not what I'm going for. But here we are. Here we are. Mmm. Ooh. A moment when you were dumped romantically or platonically and replaced by someone cooler than you. I'll draw a couple new cards. So uh, a moment of being dumped. Ooh, that has to do with a party or with romance, which works out perfectly. Cooler than me. I feel like every time I've ever been dumped, it's for, been for somebody stupid. Right? Where I was like, sure, you want that? Go for it. It's hard to be us. It's hard to be us. I've had friend breakups. I really didn't date much. So it was kind of either people faded away or like my one breakup. I don't think that Todd wound up dating anybody for a while after that. Uh, I don't have a good one for this. I definitely do. (laughs) It's a great follow-up to the car question. The guy who was our best all around, who somehow... I have a story. It's not really appropriate for this, but you tell yours. But I I can know I have something. No, I can tell. No, I mean, it's not... It doesn't follow the rules exactly, but I still have a good story. Got it. Okay. So, our best all around guy... Who really, it was a total miracle that he and I started crossing paths and hanging out. It was impossible to not be crazy about. Impossible. He was the most delightful. There was not a single attribute that was missing. Because he wasn't an asshole. He was one of the nicest, most genuine guys you could find. He was friendly. He was funny. He was like salt of the earth. Very handsome, brilliant, like brilliant. There, there. It was, it was just he, like somebody made him in a lab. That's what he was like. And then all of a sudden, I found myself hanging out with him. And I was like, oh, this is weird. But we had such great. Uh, we got on so well, and he was so flirtatious that I was like. Maybe this is a thing. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, maybe this can happen. And it was coming up on my senior year, and I was like, no, I'm cool. Like, I know who I am. I realize that it's very unlikely that Mr. 
best all around like prom king is gonna be into this fucking weird ass feral raccoon (laughs) but let's try it out and i like and like we kept hanging out and he kept being really flirty and it never got to like the kind of uh situationship status that i ended up having with other guys but um but it was definitely at a point where i was like i think i think he's interested in me and then and I was I was very unwilling to forfeit that hope like through other people liking him because everybody liked him and I was like yeah okay I've I've still got skin in this game guys come on give me a chance (laughs) and then he started dating one of the absolute coolest chillest most beautiful girls in our whole school like to a ridiculous extent um much like him there wasn't a single thing to not like about her she was so cool and so funny and like fucking ridiculously effortlessly beautiful in a very punky way um that, like, she absolutely would have been very uh, normatively beautiful sure. if she had been. But she wasn't. She w- she ended up covered in fucking tattoos and piercings and, like, band tees and studded belts. Because it was 2001. Uh-huh. But um, they ended up, like, and I watched their chemistry and I was like, oh, well, I'm out. Nope. Have a good one. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've been dusting. Good night, everybody. I, I And it was such... It, it, it was such a perfect match for him. I was like, I ain't even mad. Yeah. I ain't even mad. There were absolutely, like you, so many occasions with, where I was like, really? Her? Her. Uh-huh. Her? Yeah. Oh, um, plenty of that. Plenty of that. But this was not like that. I was like, yeah, that that's the... That's the person mm. who's right for you. I'll I'll seat myself out. Marvelous. <laughs> so good. Um, this yeah. is more a story about me not getting what I wanted and then realizing that it was a good thing than closer to oh. what you described. I love those moments. So I really love Andy Warhol and I love The Factory. And I don't know how I came upon her, but um, Bridget Berlin, who's also known as Bridget Polk, because she used to give everybody amphetamine shots. She and Andy Warhol were best friends. And you don't hear about her a whole lot. You hear about, like, Edie, and you hear about, like, the drag queens and the trans folks that he hung out with. Like, you hear about the bigger personalities. Um, Bridget Berlin's parents were very, very rich. Um, uh, I believe... I don't know if it was her mom was Patty Hearst or she was just related to the Hearsts somehow. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, she was raised super, super rich and she was kind of, um, if you look up pictures of Bridget, she had short kind of butchy hair. Uh, I don't know if she was gay, but she definitely like intentionally, um, gave, she didn't want to be pretty. She was like, fuck the pretty people. This is who I am. Yes, I do drugs. I rock out hard. Um, and I'm fat. Um, Fuck your norms. And her mom, like, I know all, I know so much about, I could, I'd actually thought about doing a solo show about her. Um, She's still alive. And I tried to get, I tried to get an interview with her. There's this incredible documentary about her called Pie in the Sky. 
she had like she talks about all her eating disorders and like how she would sit down and eat like five key lime pies because she liked them i had been in the city maybe like three or four years and let's say three somebody had been was auditioning for it was called andy and edie but bridget berlin was a big part in it uh, and I sent in for it, and the very eccentric director called me and talked to me for like two. I'm gonna say one hour, but I feel like it was a long time. Like we had a very, very, very long conversation before I came in to read. So I came in to read, and he was like, "I love you. You're oh, perfect. Boy. Everything. You're my vision." Blah blah blah. Um, uh-huh. And he was like, "If we do this the way I want to do it." Um, if you look up, there's a, there's a bunch of pictures of Bridget just hanging out with Andy topless. Like she just used to sit around with her tits out all the time. And funny enough, her boobs look like my boobs. Um, and that was where I got the idea to do tit painting. Cause she did that too. Ah! So all of this stuff and he's seriously considering me and like, there's money behind the show. And then I didn't get it. And I was really bummed. It was the first thing in New York where I was like, I feel like I actually could have done a great fucking job at this. Because other things, I knew that my voice wasn't ready for Broadway. I knew that I wasn't a dancer. I was trying to do things hoping that someone would be just the same, like Carol Channing. Not empirically talented, but people like her, right? I was waiting to be that for someone. And um, I I would love to know how she... I think about her all the God. time, all the time, how all of that, how, how, how anyway, so, um, <clears throat> a what year. What was Bridget's last name? Berlin? Bridget. Bridget Berlin? Yeah. B-R-I-G-I-D. Berlin or P-O-L-K Poke. I see her. Uh-huh. Yeah. I see her. She's wild. I love her. Um, anyway, uh, <sighs> Just pictures of her with, like, one tit out. Yes. Yep. That was her thing. Do your own research on her. She's so incredible. Um, but a year later, I met a guy who played George Plimpton in that show. Uh, and he was like, we were talking about the weirdest things that we've ever done. And he was like, oh, I did this show about Andy Warhol. And I was like, oh, my God, was it Andy and Edie's? And, yeah, I played George Plimpton. And I was like, I wanted to be in that so bad. And his eyes got really wide. And he goes, oh, my God, don't you know what happened? And I was <gasps> like, no, what happened? Did the show, like, something happen with the show? And he was like, no, the show was great. It was very well attended. It was backed. There was so much money. It, like, got an extension. <clears throat> the director, who I got such weird vibes from, but I wanted him to like me anyway. Um, there was a a news item about a man who dressed up as a firefighter and pretended to be a fireman to get into this woman's apartment and then proceeded to, like, keep her hostage and do terrible things to her for, like, two fucking days. And it was that director. It was that man. Just woke up one day and was like, I don't know if he'd been stalking that lady or what. And and imp- fully impersonated a fireman to get into this woman's house and, oh, and torture fuck. her. And he was like, yeah. So, I mean, I don't think he ever did anything like terrible to anybody in the cast. But it's very upsetting <laughs> to have been associated with that man. Girl. So that is what that made me think of. I've never told you that story. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> no. And I remember when that happened because I was in my – I was standing in my room when 1010 Winds came on and they were like, blah, 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 so-and-so impersonated a fireman and all of this terrible stuff. And, like, she's, you know, being held for observation. They think she's okay, blah, blah, blah. And I was, like, terrified because that's something that I right. would do. I would open a door for someone who said that they were a fireman and that there was something dangerous happening in my house. Like, of course, any of us would. Yikes. Oh, God, that's terrifying. It is terrifying. No, you never, ever told me that. That's awful. <laughs> God damn. Oh, Lord. Uh, Let's not meet. <laughs> Let's not meet. Yeah. Uh, Want to do one more? Mm, yes. Um, oh, a moment when you held a grudge. <laughs> In regards to a party or romance? I mean, I had plenty of romance grudges, I think. Oh, God. Yeah, for sure. Endless. <coughs> Endless. This isn't specifically a grudge, but uh, I have three upset at people at party stories. <laughs> For sure. Oh, my God. So many. So uh, one of which is that um, – uh, so I used to get a bunch of free CDs from Columbia House and stuff. For, for those of you who don't know what that is, <clears throat> there were these weird CD um, subscription things where – tapes. Yeah. And, like, you would get CDs or tapes and you had to, like – you picked 10 free ones and then they would charge you a lot of money to get other ones on the reg. Um, and I discovered that because you paid by check back then. So I started ordering them like multiples of them under the name current resident. <laughs> yes. So they didn't have any of my bank information. All they would have had was my name. Uh, so I just kept getting tons and tons of free CDs and I yes. felt like I had uncovered the secrets to the entire universe. Um, Girl. So I had ABBA Gold. I loved it. I was so excited. I was like, oh, I love this album. Not once, but twice was that shit stolen at a party. <laughs> wow. Stolen out of Who my knew stereo. That, that was going to be it was a theater the party. hot. It was always theater parties. Oh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, uh, another time, someone who I didn't like brought someone I didn't know to my party and that person brought a dog and that dog knocked over a glass of red wine on my carpet. Oh, this is at a, as a grown-up? Yes. Yeah, this was in college. I mean, grown-up <laughs> in quotey fingers, but yeah. Um, uh, and then lastly, um, we had this beautiful, like, like hallway long um zebra print rug and this girl who i i didn't dislike her but she was definitely a sloppy drunk um and i woke up i woke up the next morning and i was like hey did she sleep in our bathtub where's the rug (laughs) and april was like well she barfed on the rug, so the rug's outside, and she's in the bathtub because oh, I wouldn't no. let her sleep on the couch. And I was like, okay. Valid. Good job, April. Good vetting. Very good vetting. That's the correct answer. 
and I'll never truly be mad for anything sloppy people did drunk at a party unless it was something super, super mean. But I was really sad because that rug was not the same after we tried to clean it and we just got rid of it. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's very upsetting. I'm sorry for your rug. All the dude ever wanted was his rug back. Uh, It really tied the room together. (laughs) The carpet pissers did this? (laughs) (laughs) A bunch of fucking nihilists came in. And there were ferrets in the bathtub with her. (laughs) Uh, These are not Nazis, Uh, Donnie. These men are cowards. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I love John Goodman in that film so much. He might oh, be my favorite character in Lebowski. A thousand percent. Oh my god! It's impossible. I he's don't roll so on Shabbos. He's so committed, driven, self righteous. Exa- also, so self righteous. PTSD. Oh my god! And also, such a good. He's a friend who means so well. Mm-hmm. He really like all he wants to do is help the dude. It's so good. God. God. I I told someone that The Big Lebowski was my favorite movie, and they were like, what? That's the broest answer I've ever heard. Oh. And I was like, yeah, but it's so it good. It is so good. It's so good. We it's just so rewatched ridiculous. it. It's really, it holds up for sure. Holds up. One of my favorite memories ever. Of getting to be, uh, for so many reasons, of, of like summertime and being, and things I like being around people and like seeing Gabby in LA. She and I, the first time I was ever in LA, so I guess 20, I guess almost 10 years ago at this point, she and I, um, uh, the Hollywood Forever Cemetery has a big, a giant mausoleum and there is a, there's a, an event company called Cinespia that, uh, projects films onto the side of the mausoleum and they're like big events and they do like um they do like themed step and repeats where they'll set up a little set for you and you can take photos and there are all kinds of like food vendors and you go and you like do a fucking picnic on the lawn of the cemetery which of course for me is no big fucking deal and they had the big Lebowski there and Gabby was like, we're fucking going. I was like, yes. And we went and the best part was because it was LA, the guy who the dude is actually based (gasps) on was there. Oh my God. Amazing. And he made the opening address. I had no idea that this was based on a real person. Yeah. It's based on this guy, the Coen brothers know who's sort of like, I mean, we all know someone kind of like that. This is true. He's not at all as charming as fucking Jeff Bridges being the dude because he has this sense of chaos to him. And you're like, ooh, you're the really messy friend as opposed Mm. to, like, the chill friend who's just waiting for his luck. Right. Like, (laughs) no, this guy felt like pure cocaine driven <laughs> chaos and just watching him I was like yeesh I like you much better in a fictional context <laughs> I'm hanging I gotta look this guy up I need to see this yeah <gasps> yep oh yeah no he looks like a loose You're fucking welcome. cannon he was Jeff Dow he meandered quite a bit in that uh in that uh speech <laughs> he was up there and there were like 
<sighs> two younger half-naked women hanging on him, and he's talking about what the dude means to the world, but then he just sort of veers right off because it's not curated by the Cohen brothers. It's just this loose cannon doing what he does. Wow. Wow. In 2011, Dowd was the subject of an 18-minute documentary short Jeff, uh, directed by Jeff Fuerzig, uh and broadcast mm-hmm. on US- USA as part of its characters <laughs> series. Oh, lordy. Oh, God. Here's something fun. He apparently was a co-executive producer of Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest. <laughs> Jeff Dowd? Yeah. <laughs> yes! Uh, so weird. Oh, God. <laughs> That's so weird. Not Fern Gully, but like this weird sequel to Fern Gully. Yes, of course. Sure. Why not? I know. I know. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, I held many party grudges. Mm. Uh, m- the first one that I can really recall... The first one I can really recall was when I uh, I had had a friend who was a friend of me, and I was her I was her friend when she was lonely, mm. basically when we were growing up, and she because she sort of middled she could veer off into pop more popular territory, or she could be virtually invisible. Mm. I was never invisible. I was <laughs> uniformly loathed and reviled. So. Actively targeted. (laughs) Yes. I do think she earnestly liked me and we did have, um, we had a substantial relationship. But, um, you know, it would suck because like we'd be friends until someone else would be like, hey, do you want to hang out? And she's like, nope, bye. Uh, Let's make fun of Jen. And so, uh, but I was her friend like all the time. And she had a birthday party when we were like 10 and I remember what was very popular at the time was the Beetlejuice cartoon. Yes. An excellent adaptation of, of the Beetlejuice so weird. story. So weird. So weird. And not so like great. original story, not for children, to be quite honest. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, and she invited a bunch of the girls over and was already the star of the show because it was her birthday. Mm-hmm. But then she saw a way to make people laugh by making fun of me and so she made fun of me in regards to the cartoon um saying that i looked like maybe the character based on Catherine o'hara oh but who in but who in the cartoon had a nose like a toucan and so like it was like well jen's nose my nose is not a thing no your nose is but regardless i was like totally unremarkable I completely unremarkable, but I was 10 and I was like, oh, my nose. And now everyone's laughing at me. Oh, and I got so mad that I pushed her chair and she spilled out of it. <gasps> yes, ma'am. Nice job. And then she f- and I was like, good. And she, in the moment of shock, found the ability to, to go, mom, and cry crocodile tears and then her mom kicked me out of the house very swiftly wow. and made me walk home <gasps> what? on like on like roads that people don't walk on oh my god um like when it so let you I call arrived. your mom just like 
chucked you out the house? Mm-hmm. No, she just chucked me out. Oh, my God. Which was insane because she was constantly badgering her daughter to be more like me. Um, oh, my God. So, but no, I, like, I held on to that. Um, and another in related news with the same group of kids, because these were all the kids that I knew in elementary school and just, like, oh, get me away from these right. people. Um, when I threw that one party I ever threw in eighth grade and I was like, I need to throw a party, mom and dad. And they were like, oh, okay. So they let me throw a party in like December and I made them all sit down and watch Psycho. Ah, yes. That, yes. that was me exacting my grudge on all of those kids. Oh my God. That's I was so like, great. you're in my territory, motherfuckers. We're going to do what I want to do. That's wonderful. I'm going to scar the fuck out of you with Hitchcock. You're welcome. <laughs> oh god (laughs) yeah and i would say also um my eighth grade graduation party which the school held at like a vfw Mm -hmm. it was you know we had like graduation that day and then the party that night and so everybody just went and we had a dj and it was just a big dance party by that point i on that day i was already like I'm done. Sure. And then I had to go to this party and I'm like, fuck, no, uh, no. And I remember just standing on the sidelines of that party with my arms crossed like, I was already done with you kids. Like, I'm I'm just waiting for my parents to pick me yeah. up. Like, I would rather be home than here, uh-huh. which literally never, ever happened. Mm-hmm. Wow. So. My God. I'm queen of parties. Party crunches, I think. My uh, my other one, I have told you before. It was about that boy Wayne that was too too in love with me for all of elementary school. Um, and we were at we were having a fifties and sixties party, or sixties and seventies. Sure. It was too many decades to be for people to be dressed up <laughs> yeah, as. Right. Um, and I wanted nothing more than to dress as a hippie, but my mom wasn't a hippie. So she was like, here are all my beautiful sixties dresses that I wore, which you as a 180 pound child can, can fit into my full grown adult dress. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and she wanted me to wear one of her old wigs, which was actually, they were all crusty. And she's like, why did your mother have wigs? My mom just wore People just wore wigs. People just wore wigs in the 50s and 60s. In the, in the 60s, I guess. Yeah. Oh, like beehive yeah. wigs? They were just her hairstyle oh. wigs. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. But they were not I definitely well never kept. knew of that being a thing yeah. until like well into adulthood. Mm-hmm. Mostly because I find wigs insanely hot and itchy and I don't see why anyone would elect to use them unless they had to. True. I mean, they're not generally a day-to-day thing for me, but I like them if I'm going to be hot anyway um, because then my hair looks good. I'm hot underneath, but I was going to be hot anyway and then my hair doesn't get sweaty or it does underneath, but you can't tell because it's a wig. Um, (laughs) um, Valid. So I was wearing this dress that was too small. Uh, mm. and it wasn't what I wanted to wear. I wanted to be a hippie, and instead I looked like, um, uh, like a secretary from the 60s. I look like, mm. I look like an extra in Mad Men. And, yep. um, my hair wasn't doing what I wanted it to. I probably didn't like my shoes. And, and we were in someone's mom's garage. I don't know why we were having a dance in someone's garage. I have no idea whose idea this was. And somebody, I hear 
that Wayne has requested a slow dance song and dedicated it to me. And I did not like this boy. I did not talk to this boy. We didn't, we weren't friends. Like the last thing that I think he ever said to me was in first grade when he wanted me to borrow his crayons. And I was like, I don't want to use your crayons. You have the baby crayons that are all fat. And I like my skinny crayons and your colors are stupid. Why would I borrow your crayons when I have my own good crayons? These are restaurant color and menu crayons. Exactly. These are, what was it? What's it called? Like pop art. What are the, the, the generic crayon brands? That's not oh Crayola. yes um, yes and they yes yes broke yes in half fast anyway whatever this poor kid he uh, <laughs> I guess in a grand gesture at the end of sixth grade was like I'm gonna finally win her heart requests this song now we the the dance was at my friend Roxy's house and we had Girl Scouts there so I happened to know that even though the door that was open to her bathroom. Um, she had two entrances to her bathroom. I tore ass out of there and I ran mm-hmm. and I made it look like I had locked myself in the bathroom, but you could go through the other door and I was just hanging out in her bedroom. So I had closed both of the doors to the bathroom and I was just like sitting in her closet in her bedroom, listening to everybody bang on, on the bathroom door no. These children no. like mobbed out and they were going to Come drag on. me. And and then someone's mom was like, it's not fair. He was being sweet. Eh. And I was like, I'm not coming out until someone. Don't aid and abet this. It was the worst. Also, we were the two Ew. fat kids. And I think that the grownups thought that that was super cute. No. Right. No. no. And, uh... I don't remember actually how that turned out. I know I didn't dance with him and I know I didn't have a good time at the rest of the party, but I don't know how long I stayed in that room. And I definitely was crying. Nobody cared. Nobody was like trying to comfort me. They were like, you're hurting this poor boy's feelings. Fuck that. What a terrible example of like, ugh, he did the nice guy thing. Now give him his prize. Ew. Ugh, that makes me so mad. Mm -hmm. I hold a grudge of that for you, you. however many fucking years later it is. 30 years later, I hold. It's not towards him. It's towards. It's towards all the people. Especially the adults. Especially the adults. And why why are we doing this at someone's home? Whoever the DJ was, was somebody's dad, obviously. And why (laughs) are we. Was it the dad who DJed at all of the things? I don't think it was Mr. Herrick. I don't. It might have been. Maybe it was. I don't remember there being a so whole good. DJ set up, and he would have definitely brought his fog machine because he loved that fog machine. Man. Man. Oh, my God. Oh. So good. I had a lot. I have a lot of party grudges. Um, uh, not the, and, and including ones that were just kind of generalized because also parties just get too rowdy for me. Mm. And loud. They're loud. They're rowdy and loud. And then people get too drunk. And then it's too something. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too smoky. It's too late. It's, look, I'm, I get it. I am a wet blanket. <laughs> I am a pro wet blanket. And so all of those end up making me generally build a grudge against a party that has nothing to do with the individuals That's present. so funny. But just party culture 
as a whole. Yep. Oh, it's funny that you should say that. So Don, uh, Don's birthday, yeah, uh, was yesterday, and we were talking to his mom yesterday morning, and something about they had uh, all taken as a family. Um, hi Grace. Um, hi Grace. A trip down the Green River in the in Colorado. So this was many years before me. I think mm-hmm. that the boys were like late teens, uh, and Don has always mentioned this trip very affectionately and about how like just how fun it was. Um, There was like a trip coordinator that made sure all the food got cooked the way it was supposed to. And they would like dig latrines and stuff for every stop along the way. So somebody was taking care of all the stuff. You just had to show up and have a good time. It was like a a well, uh, a well, um, uh, a well led camping trip basically. Yeah, it wasn't quite glamping, but people did cook for you. Um, mm-hmm. and then it was river rafting during the day. And, uh, I don't know if it was Grace or Don That's who right. was like, well, we should do something oh, like man. that again. And I was like, no, <laughs> not in um, older bodies. And they were like, why, why? And I was like, okay, so here is the first thing that I think of when I hear about this trip. The first thing I think about is chafing like not even I'm not even talking about like specifically having to poop in the woods, although that's not something I've ever done, nor do I want to do. I'll pee in the woods. Um, uh, but um, like I'm really sensitive to mosquitoes now. Uh, mm. I, I need so much sunscreen or a hat, which I don't like wearing. Um, and I was just like, here are the reasons why this is just not. And I was like, I feel like my feet would be soggy. I just feel damp. And sunburned. Yeah. I just feel damp and sunburned. <laughs> sunburned through your Tevas. Right. Exactly. Uh, And I don't know how to be fun through that kind of discomfort anymore. And they were like, okay. Yeah. Okay, you have a good point. (laughs) Very good point. I would do a day trip. Not to mention. I would definitely do a day trip. Yeah. And I would go camping. But not a whole, like, two weeks. But I don't want to be, like, spending a day wet and then camping. Yes. Right. Spend a day wet and then go to your spa resort hotel room. Yes, that's fine. Yes, that I, I completely concur. The first thought that I had was not all those things, but oh, so Don was in the in the in the radius of the Green River Killer, the serial oh, killer. Oh, I don't know anything about that, but I do love the serial killer. Well, the Green River Killer was awful. <laughs> Let's see. They, year was they didn't that call him the Green River Killer because he brought everybody flowers. <laughs> Green River Killer, Gary Ridgeway. God, this guy looks like a fucking nightmare. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, uh, when did he, when did he get, um, oh, he was doing his, okay, his span of crimes. Here we fucking go. Span of crimes, 1982 to 1998 confirmed. Which means absolutely during the time when Don yeah, was that's there. that's a wide berth. So. <laughs> Cheese and crackers. Amazing. Cheese and crackers. Ugh. Well, that was great. Well, that was such a great bunch of weird <sighs> things to talk about. A little, little selection of, of mortifying moments. Mm-hmm. I love it. It was like a sushi buffet of great stuff. I continue to recommend that you watch Ice-T deliver this video. And uh, what else? Oh, and then the Natasha Richardson uh, coverage of Cabaret mm-hmm. from the 90s. Go look it up on YouTube. It's 
amazing. She's very, uh, she's very unsettling. I love mm-hmm. that shit. She's so good. Um, but uh, those are my recommendations. Uh, How about you? I recommend that if you're in or around Jersey City in any way, that you should absolutely come to my Thursday night show every Thursday night because it's a new show every time and it's called Dirty Jersey and you can find us online at Dirty Jersey Burley Q on Instagram because that's the only place I live anymore. Um, I actually mm. made my first Facebook event for the first time since the before. What a useless mess that is. I can only invite like 50 people now. Oh shit. Um, and that's not because of COVID. That's just because Facebook thinks that I'm somehow recruiting cam girls apparently. Um, oh, but <laughs> I, just, I can't, I can't, that's delightful. I can't wait to, um, feel comfortable enough to come see you, which I'm sure will happen. But, sure. Um, I understand. I'm still, I completely understand. I'm sticking people. my third toe in. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm giving a little, little, little middle toe action. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I recommend well, here. I also recommend not having to deal with condo boards. I'm about to go to my second condo board meeting yay. of the week. Ugh. Ew. What? Ugh. Why? Who? No. Shit to talk about. <laughs> things to do. Shit to talk about. What's there to talk about? Is the building still standing? You're fine. No. I realize that may be a bit reductive, but <gasps> yeah, I mean, sort of to be fair, go. we need to have both the roof deck and the foundation fixed. So mm. barely is, is the answer to that question. <laughs> barely. Okay, fair. Fair. Yeah. All right. So the answer is no. Yes, correct. Better get to that meeting. <laughs> and also, I had um, I had uh, my first performance anxiety dream in a long time last night, and I was like, "Oh, here yeah. we go. That means we're oh, back." You did? Yeah, it's fine. Yes, well done, mm-hmm. well done. I've had a couple actors' nightmares this past year, um, just just a couple of them, but they they always catch me off guard, and I'm like. Wait, who hired me to do that? When? Why? Why do I have to know this whole thing? And then, of course, you can't read in your dreams, so I can't read the script. Yes, that is. Yes, that's terrible. Which is such a weird and fascinating thing. Mm-hmm. So I like have the script in my hand, and I'm like trying to focus, and I'm squinting, mm-hmm. and that squinting leads me to squinting really hard physically, and that wakes me up. Oh, and I'm like, that's what the cool. F- what's happening? No, I just assumed that I took my glasses off. And and then then I'm like, oh, God, I can't find my glasses. Crises on crises. Well, I'm going to go tease it out. Uh, Thanks for listening, fuck buddies. Tease out that dental mesh of your heart. (laughs) 